Well, good morning. When uh, Bobby said, those who are able, please stand, I had to think about that for a moment. Uh, we went on a little vacation this past week, Angela and I, and uh, we ended up in the Blue Ridge Parkway in North Carolina, and uh, Angela's goal was for us to hike from the parkway at various points along the Blue Ridge to uh, waterfalls. She wanted to see some waterfalls. And so we hiked. We hiked to the waterfalls, and that wasn't too bad. And then we hiked back to the car, which was excruciating. <laughs> but all in all, I have to tell you that it was a good experience. Um, there's something about the turning of the leaves and being in the middle of uh, God's creation that really makes you appreciate all that God has done. One of the things that uh, became apparent to me on this trip was this authenticity that we as Christians need to project to the world around us. And it starts, as Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, which is where we'll be starting this morning. Paul tells us that it begins with a selfless love. Listen to what Paul tells us. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully mistreated at Philippi, as you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so we speak, not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts. As you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery or with a pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others, though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. So deeply do we care for you that we were determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. See, Paul brings to light a good point in this passage of Scripture. What he's really telling us here is that as Christians, we can't expect to have any impact at all in the lives of those people out there, those unsaved masses. We can't expect to have any influence at all in their lives if we don't practice our faith with authenticity. 
Authenticity. People can smell inauthenticity a mile away. Like a bear smells honey. People know a fake when they hear one. When they see one. When they observe one in its natural habitat. People know when you are being sincere. People know when you're not being real with them. People know what is authentic. They know who is authentic and who is not. So when you're out there among those people, make sure you are authentically bringing the gospel to the people in your words and in your actions. Paul tells us here how we need to be authentic. He says, it's obvious that our visit to you was not a waste of time. If you recall, we'd just been given rough treatment in Philippi. They treated us poorly, as you know, but we didn't let that slow us down. We were sure of ourselves in God, and we went right ahead and said what we had to say presenting God's message, even being defiant to the opposition. I'm not sure what that crackle is. I don't think it's coming from the microphone, but it's coming from somewhere. There will be opposition. When you go out there and you talk about Jesus, there will be opposition. Have you not found that to be true? But don't let that slow you down, Paul says. Paul says, God tested us thoroughly to make sure we were qualified to be trusted with his message. Be assured that when we speak, we're not after crowd approval. We're only after God approval. See, your, your message doesn't have to be received by everybody. God knows that it won't be. But who are you trying to please? Since we've been put through the battery of tests, Paul says, you're guaranteed that both we and the message are free of error. We're free of mixed motives. We're free of hidden agendas. We never use words to butter you up. No one knows that better than you, Paul says. And God knows we never used words as a smokescreen to take advantage of you. So your motive in delivering the gospel message really is everything. People can smell when your motive is not to deliver God's word to them, but rather something else. And Paul says, even though we had some standing as the apostles of Jesus Christ, we never threw our weight around or tried to come across as important with you or anyone else. We can't present ourselves as we preach the gospel, as we tell other people about Jesus, we can't present ourselves as better than them. Because in truth, we're not. We're the same. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We're all fallen and broken People. The only difference is that our relationship with Jesus covers us 
for a multitude of sins, past, present, and future. And so even though we have this standing as Christ's apostles, we don't throw our weight around. We don't present ourselves as better than the people that we are trying to present the gospel to. Paul says, we weren't aloof to you when we came to you. We took you just as you were. We were never patronizing. We were never condescending. We cared for you the way a mother cares for her children. We loved you dearly. Not content to just pass on the message, we wanted to also give you our hearts. And that's just what we did. See, authentic Christians live the gospel that they profess. Authentic Christians share the word, but they also share their hearts and their lives with others. Authentic Christians love unconditionally and completely. Even those who many deem unlovable. Even those people that we don't particularly like. Even those who either passively or aggressively don't like us in return. And that brings us to our gospel lesson that Bobby read this morning. Jesus Talking about love, but he's also talking about authenticity. I'm not going to read the whole lesson again, but verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had bested the Sadducees, they gathered their forces for an assault. One of their religious scholars spoke for them, posing a question they hoped would show Jesus up. They said, teacher, which command in God's law is the most important? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion, all your prayer and all your intelligence. This is the most important, the first command on anybody's list. But there's a second that goes alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs and everything in God's law and the prophet hangs from them. See, authenticity begins with this important command. Love the Lord your God with all your passion, all your prayer, all your intelligence. See, loving authentically, loving selflessly, loving unconditionally has to begin with the source of love. God is love. Love is God's nature. Love is God's character. We can only draw authentic love from the source of love. And so if authenticity begins with God, then it either lives or dies with us. It rests on our shoulders as we love others in the same way that we love ourselves. Authenticity lives or dies with how we treat other people. You've heard it said that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's authenticity. 
So during our travels this week, Angela and I stopped into a hole in the wall one morning in Asheville, North Carolina for breakfast. Bears are a big thing in North Carolina. The diner was called the Hungry Bear Diner. Now it didn't look like much from the outside. In fact, it was kind of like, I'm not sure I want to go in here and eat breakfast. But once we got inside, we were warmly greeted and quickly seated in a corner booth across from this trio of locals. And as we ordered breakfast, we settled in and the locals began to chat with each other. And, well, Angela and I couldn't help but laugh along with their stories. It's not that we were trying to eavesdrop. It's just they weren't being very quiet about it. And so... Pretty soon they included us in the conversation. And we learned that one of the men was a lifelong resident of Asheville. He was retired from the army. And for more than 30 years since then, he had been the music minister at the local Baptist church. And so during that conversation, Angela and I were able to share. And I shared that I was once a Marine and now a Methodist pastor, and that Angela was an Army brat. As a matter of fact, she was born in North Carolina and had spent the last 10 years or so in the music ministry herself. And so, long story short, as we enjoyed our breakfast with these three, when we got to the end of it, we were saying our farewells in the parking lot, and the man who was the music minister shook my hand. Yes, I know, COVID, but he shook my hand. And when he did so, he put this challenge coin in my hand, right in the palm. And he said to me, you are genuine people. You're a genuine guy. And I want you to have this as a reminder of our time together, of this divine appointment that we had this morning. Authenticity. See, we can recognize it when we see it. It's the cornerstone of solid witnessing and brotherly love. It's how we should be able to recognize the common bond of Christ in another. And it's how they should be able to recognize it in us. And it's also how the unsaved recognize that we as Christians are somehow different, somehow set apart from the world. That difference is what enables them to think about and question their own place in the world. Authenticity. And so this morning, I encourage you to examine authenticity in your life. Examine authenticity in your experience this week. Ask yourself, am I an authentic Christian? This is a question we should all ask ourselves regularly. Not just once and move on. Regularly, am I being an authentic Christian? Authenticity is the means of grace 
that God uses in each of us to share his message. You are the messenger. Are you an authentic messenger? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.